Today we are talking about serving joyfully. You know, we certainly have a lot of servants in this church. We are blessed that way. And recently I asked a wonderful person that's worked with me a long time in the caring ministries this question, why do you serve? And she said two things. She said, first, I feel it's God's pleasure, a sense that that was what I was made for. And when I serve, I feel his favor. And secondly, I remember the pain of long ago. I came to this church and I was having struggles and I was all alone. And I want to use that pain and what I've learned in that for other people. The circumstances of our struggles might be different, different, but the desperation and loneliness that one can feel in a struggle is the same. And I've learned a lot through suffering because suffering is never wasted. We, uh, it is a teacher and amazing how one can draw empathy from past struggles and use them to comfort others. And that comfort is like nothing that the world can offer. And I've really been surprised how God has used my feeble efforts. And one of the things I've struggled with is uh, not to seek the approval of others, but to be content with remaining unseen. And I once I did all my serving from a sense of duty, but now it's from a sense of thankfulness. Uh, another faithful teacher in the church, I asked the same question, and she answered it this way. She says, I serve because God is worth it. It's a pleasure to see people learn when I teach about God's love and his word. And I love teaching about it because I love people and his word. And it's very fulfilling, and I feel his approval when I do that, and that sustains me. And even when there's unspoken or overt criticism, I still feel good about what I'm doing because even with no applause, that's what I'm called to do, and in doing it is the fulfillment. And I think we all can relate to fulfillment because we want our lives to matter. That's the reason we do things, why we work for promotions and why we uh, seek leadership positions, because we want to make a difference. And that desire is from God. It's good desire because we were put on earth to make a difference, a contribution for the kingdom. You weren't created just to use resources or take up space. God designed you perfectly to make a difference with your life. As I just read from these women's testimony, serving God is what we're all created for. Ephesians 2.10 reads, We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. What a statement. Before you were born, God prepared you and the work he had for you to do in advance. And if he's given you gifts in advance, he wants you to use them. If you have compassion gifts, he wants you to use it. If you have teaching gifts, he wants you to use them. 
because, and if you have any gift, and you do have a gift, he wants you to use it for his glory, and he equipped you to serve him. And there's no satisfaction in the world like when you use your gifts for God, and you, because you were created to add life on earth and not just take from it. If you belong to Christ, and that means if you've asked Christ into your life and surrendered to him, he's not only saved you, but he's called you. You have a holy calling for his purposes, and he has graced you to do it. It's amazing that as big as God is, as powerful, that he's created us to serve him. The, the Bible says that he did, I just read that in Ephesians 2.10, and created us to do good works for him, lasting works. And when we serve others, we're really serving Jesus because Jesus said, when you have done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. Um, God told Jeremiah, and he says it to each of us as well, before I made you, in your mother's womb. I chose you. I set you apart for a special work. You were placed on this planet and this time for a special assignment from God. Do you believe this? The Bible says it's Christ who saved us and chose us for this work, not because we deserved it. We know we didn't, because it was his plan for his children. And this is an important thing. Listen to this. You're not saved by serving, but you serve because you're saved. The life you have has great significance and value because it costs Jesus his life. The Bible says you're not your own, not even your body. You've been bought with the price, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible also says in Romans 12, offer yourselves as a sacrifice to God. He doesn't say, wait until you clean up your act. We all know that we could be better and that we're not worthy of serving God. But he said, present yourselves as you are to me, as a living sacrifice. And if you don't feel ready, that's a normal feeling. If you read the Bible, you can find that Moses, Jeremiah, Amos, none of them felt ready. And that they could do anything on their own. But you know, they didn't have to. You don't have to. God will do it through you. All he wants is a willing yes. We need to grow spiritually, but spiritual maturity is never end in itself. The reason we want to study and grow in the church is so we can give it out and serve, because study without service leads to stagnation. There's an com old comparison that's still true about the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. You know, the Sea of Galilee is alive because it has, out it has outflow and it has inflow. And uh, it takes in water and it gives out water. But in contrast, the Dead Sea has nothing. It has no outflow. It just is stagnated. And nothing can live in it. You know, how many times have you heard... Uh, I'm looking for a church that meets my needs and blesses me. Maybe you've said that. Maybe I've said it. It would be beautiful if we could stop asking that question and that making that statements uh, and say instead, I'm really looking for a church where I can serve 
and be a blessing. And, but we, unfortunately, many have developed in our, in our culture a consumer mentality, and even about the church, where the question is, uh, who's going to meet my need? Christ would have us ask, whose need can I meet today? And not only did God shape you before your birth, he planned every day of your life. Psalm 139.16 reads, Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Amazing. You are that important in the kingdom. And all this was done so you could serve him. And growing up, you might have thought, well, I'm not called by God because only pastors, priests, missionaries, full-time Christian workers are called. But that's not true. Your call to salvation included your call to service. And regardless of your job or career, your call to full-time Christian ministry on your job in the secular world and especially in the church. A non-serving Christian is a contradiction in terms. Uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Listen as I read this. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the winds and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does it work. So this is clearly saying that God made us again with unique talents, personalities, and skill sets. And even the experiences in life prepare us to serve him. If he prepared these works beforehand, before we were born, our life experiences can prepare us to use these gifts. And we can get the most joy in life and when we and we can make a difference when we use our God-given talents to build His church, there's so many blessings by serving Him here. First Corinthians 12 compares the church to the body, and that every person that's part of the church is like a part of the body, and all of the functions of the body, uh, as you know, it, uh, depend on each other. If you can't see, it impacts the whole body. If you can't hear. It's a problem for the whole body, and it's the same in the church. Every gift is needed for it to function properly. And, and it's a chance for us to really discover and, and develop the God-given gifts and refine them. And um, 
serving together with everyone using their own gifts is really something beautiful, and it looks like Christ. And even the small and hidden ministries make a huge difference. And as we grow into our gifts, as I just read, we won't be saying, well, I wonder about this and I wonder about that. What? We won't be tossed back and forth between everything we hear in Winds of Truth. As we serve him together, uh, we will be very steady for him because every part is valuable and the body needs every part and this church needs your gifts and to function and be healthy. Well, years ago, I was working with a caregiver, and in her early years, she had be, had an emotional breakdown. She um, was not very proud of it. She didn't feel good about it at all and rarely talked about it, but it was a real painful thing, and, and she had, but it, as she recovered after her depression and her breakdown, she, she became strong in her faith, and she, at first she thought it had ruined her life, and it hadn't because God used it to bring her to him and mature her faith. And she was working with me, and one day I was at the hospital, and I met a person in the psych ward that had had a similar experience. She had a breakdown, and she was just a mess. And so I went back to this person I'll call Pam, and I said, Pam, would you go up into the psych ward and visit this person? And I gave her her name. I said, you will be invaluable to her if you tell her your story and she can look at you and see who you are now and what God has done. She said, I can't do that. I can't do that. I, I, I don't like to talk about it. And I said, well, try it. Just trust God. Just go. You can't do any harm. So trembling, she went. And when she came out, she was glowing because she had used something that was very painful in her life and almost shameful, and God had used it to give this woman, other woman that was struggling, hope and faith and a place in the kingdom of God. And in a way, both were healed again. And no, my position in the church as a caregiver is really who I am. It's... Uh, God made me, and this verse means a lot to me, that before I was born, he prepared uh, me for the works that he wants me to do. Because I was born into a strong Christian family, but my mother had a heart attack when she, I was 18 months old, and my aunt raised me, and we were in a small community of family. And, uh, but I always was conscious of my mother and her illness and how to care for her and what was happening and how she felt and what it was like in a family with a very sick person. And uh, it taught me a lot. Of course, I didn't like it all the time. I resented it when I was playing sports. And I never had a mother come to watch me because she was too ill or in the hospital or she couldn't be a room mother or other people had their mother with them and I seemed to always be alone. And little did I know until later what God was teaching me. And I'm so grateful for that. As I age, I can see my whole life was one piece. God's equipping me for his works of service. And thanks to this church, I've been able and privileged to serve Christ and work with wonderful people here in a wonderful group called deacons. And you are no less important or less equipped 
than I am to do what God has called you to do. And at the end of earth, at the earth, we'll all stand before God, and he's going to evaluate how we served others with our lives, and we're going to have a, to give a personal account to him. And Matthew 25, 31 through 46, uh, you might want to read it. It's, the, it's about the judgment day when we all stand before the Lord and give an account of how we've used our gifts and our lives. And Jesus tells, it's his words, and he paints a pretty clear truth about what he expects here. Because he said, in the last days, the Son of Man will come in his glory with the angels and sit on the throne. And he'll separate, like a shepherd would, the sheep from the goats. The, the uh, goats will be on the left and the sheep on the right. And then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world, for I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was, I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit. Then the righteous, those sheep will say, Lord, what are you talking about? When did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? When did we see you without clothes or sick or in prison and visit you? Then the king, Jesus, will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. Then he turned to that other group on the left, and they were saying, "What are you? something's wrong here. We never saw you hungry. We never saw you thirsty. Or we would have given you something to eat. We would have clothed you, would have visited you. If we saw you, you must be wrong what you're saying. Then the king will say to them, when you did not do it for the least of these, you did not do it for me. And it's amazing that the sheep didn't even realize that they were doing good things and serving others in a special way because they loved their king so much and they were so close to him that he was in them, and they were so grateful and full of love. They just wanted to do it. It became natural. They didn't realize they were doing it. And it's the same way today. When we stay close to Jesus and give our hearts to him, he changes us and gives us a joy in serving others. And we're only really fully alive when we serve others. Jesus said, Matthew 16, 25, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will find it. And there is no fulfilling life apart from serving Jesus. Just look at our world with people that have everything that you can imagine, but they can't find happiness and peace without Jesus. And as we serve together in God's family, our lives can take on an eternal importance and meaning because we were created to serve him. God wants to use you and make, to make a difference in the world. He wants to work through you. Someone said it's not the duration of your life, but the donation of it. It's not how long you lived, but how you lived. Remember, God's calling you. None of us feel ready or worthy, and we're not, but he calls us. Think about 
Abraham was old, Jacob was a conniver, Rahab was immoral, Gideon was poor, Amos was a fig picker, Samson was codependent, John the Baptist was eccentric, the Samaritan woman had failed marriages, Thomas had doubts, Timothy was timid, Paul had poor health, Martha worried a lot. Peter was impulsive and hot-tempered. Jeremiah was depressed. Jonah was reluctant. Did I leave any of you out? You were shaped to serve God. Did you know that? You were gifted by God to serve him. The question for all of us is, how are we responding? Let's pray. Father, thank you. It's almost too much for us to comprehend that before we were born, you created works for us to do, and you made us in the mother's womb that we could serve you and bring you pleasure and glory. We thank you for that. Help us to believe that. Help us to know that. Help us to serve you because we want to be faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. Amen.